0: Welcome to Talk Story and I'm your host Dave Duan. This is uh, episode three and in the studio, and it's a very loose description of the dining table, kitchen, etc. is Craig Mullen and cra- the title of today is There is a Principal Involved and the principal is Craig.
1: Yeah.
0: Craig, so you're a husband, father, school principal and a rugby coach, but before we get into that, tell me, where were you born?
1: Um, born? Um, I was born uh, on the, uh, the west coast of the South Island, um, in the Bullet um, and uh, was born, uh, was it, 1968, at the local hospital. Nice job. Thank you. Yeah, Schools. Mum said the same. Thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, a Granity Primary School, God bless, and then uh, off the boarding school, went to St. Kevin's College in Omroo and was there for five years, then came back up to um, Canterbury to do uh, tertiary training, and trained as a teacher. Then spent uh, took a year off, spent some time in England, and then came back, finished that all off, and started teaching. Uh, 1990, so it's 30 we're 30 years this year. correct involved. right
0: So where you te- where are you teaching right now? I'm not. Okay. So tell me before this get before we jump into that. Yeah. What where where have you been teaching?
1: Okay. So I started teaching. Uh, we sprayed in school in Christchurch. um, I did a couple of years there, and then moved to Greymouth. Um, back on the other side of the island and worked there for a number of years and then came back. Um, as soon as Simone started looking for houses in Greymouth, we decided it was time to come home. Um, and then when we came back over, I worked at Manning Intermediate for a number of years and then um, Deputy Principal's position came out of the country, came up out uh, where we are today and you know that was 22 years ago. Wow. So I started at Ashley 22 years ago and uh, didn't... Um, <laughs> haven't moved since then and um yeah so that's where i'm at the moment i'm the principal started off as a deputy uh, and then three years later became the principal and have been in the principal spot uh for whatever time it is uh, 19
0: 18. okay we'll years. come we'll come back so tell me you just mentioned simone so she's your ha- lovely wife she is indeed tell me about the family
1: um i have uh, a lovely wife i have three lovely children um i've got a, a daughter elizabeth she's 22 i have a beautiful daughter Molly Kate who's not too far from me um she's 19 and I have a son James who's still in bed uh and he's 17 he'll be 18 in November
0: okay um, excellent so tell me what's going oh, on, hang on. And
1: then also Nio, yeah here. we've
0: got a we've got a hanger on here as well haven't oh, we well, we've got a couple actually
1: Tama and Maiva as well from the Cook Islands okay. here as well. so I wonder how big our bubble is today full
0: house so tell me what's happening with the coaching gig and how did that come about
1: okay uh, coaching at, so where i am at the moment okay. yes yes okay so at the moment uh, i'm on um leave from um principalship um and i applied for a position uh as the rugby development officer at the sydenham rugby club in christchurch uh and i've been there i started there on the first of april during lockdown which was a bit um d- different but awkward mm. and um so my, my role there, I got into the office, I've got an office, which is cool. I've been in there twice this last week because we're, we're out of that lockdown sort of period. Um, my role there is um, very wide, very broad. I'm to, um, I was coming a bit, um, it, my job there is to, to uh, develop not only players, but coaches and systems right across the club. So it's a biggie. Um to to be brutally frank um i i I've got no idea of what's expected of me i asked to see um the job description and the annual plan and the strategic plan from the club and uh you know stuff that i'm used to working with through my job and um, There's lots to do.
0: Yeah, but but having said that, you're a guy that is a bit of a change manager, so it's not going to take you long to get into the swing of things, is it?
1: I think I've got to be careful too. Um, Yeah, you're right, and it won't be too hard to jump on board because I I love rugby, and it's really important to me to see the game grow and the players grow. But what I've discovered is that um, you've got to have targets and you've got to have goals and you've got to have... um, it's my phone turn it off thank you oh yeah be pete fun um so you've got to have targets and goals and that and and, and some and rugby clubs are, at the moment seem to be or the one i'm just walked into seem to be a little bit loose on wh- the direction they want to go mm. which is understandable mm. because i'm not a professional outfit uh they're a club it's all about community and um so really my Goal. My personal goal was to get in there and try and focus it about what are we here for, what are we Mm. doing, and um, you know revamp a lot of stuff.
0: And so, is is this a long? So, just going back a step, the vision is going to be more long term rather than the immediate focus on getting silverware in the cabinet, like most rugby clubs are focused on. Yeah, they're
1: very um, outcomes based Mm. at the moment, and they need to be a little bit more on development based. Mm. And uh, you know, one of the so I don't think I'm going to go back to principalship. Mm. um I think that um, although it will be a bit of a a a, um, a smack in the wallet um I I think that I've done my time mm. and I see this as education but in a different form so what um, or what I see is that the, the the moment the club are really really focused on um, performance and outcomes and um, and not development so what they're looking for is, uh, maybe offering incentives to some marquee players and getting some marquee players in and and, and chucking gifts, let's say, at them. Uh, whereas, that, let's say, that resource could have been spread a bit better across the junior school and develop some of our own local talent.
0: So just going back on that little point about the principle, like transferable skills and business models, like running a school like you have been doing, there's budgets, there's reporting. Yeah. So it's the same kind of philosophy going to be in 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 your new role or not
1: um i look i i every year um i have to have an annual plan okay and the annual plan falls out of my strategic plan that has been set by the board okay now this club has a board um this club has uh the, the bones of a strategic plan they've done some some bait some beginning work around strategic planning which is really good so they've got some ideas but those ideas haven't been fleshed out so they've got some uh, big targets and some big goals so my role as a principal was to take the strategic plan that the board of trustees and the community have come up with and put it into action and uh, and make sure that those actions are you know carried out and um so what I've done with Sydenham is I've asked to see their, um, their strategic plan and I've asked about their annual plan and I've asked about what was the job description of the person who was there before me. I've asked about goals for coaches and um, it's it's very flexible, mm. let to say, at the moment. So what I've done in, the, in that time of lockdown, which I did in my old job, was I've written job descriptions. Nice. And so I've written job descriptions for what... Is expected for a senior coach at Div One, uh, for a senior coach at Div Two. What's expected for a, a Colts Premier coach? Um, they are the three areas, the the basically you'd say the the shop window areas of the club, where they're looking to see performance. Um, and then I spent some time putting together some documentation based around what I would like to see as a coach um, from six year old through to 20 year olds Nice. so I put together like a curriculum so that so that's um the lockdown what, what's been happening in lockdown for me
0: okay so the the idea of taking the skills you've had as a principal into this no. role are quite clear Sorry, the, 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 the other yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Uh, yeah. the other the other question around that is that are you a Coaches, coach are you coaching the coach or are you, are you looking for a, a you selecting coaches or
1: okay so my role is coach actually and I'm also employed as an independent contractor for the Canterbury Rugby Union to coach coaches okay and so to teach coaches how to do the job properly now my biggest um, my, my I think one of my bigger focuses working for Sydney will be that anyone who works from six-year-olds to 13-year-olds or even higher to 18-year-olds, all those people are volunteers. Normally they are dads or mums who have been following the pathway or want their children to get into sport. And a lot of them have no background in rugby themselves mm. and no background in coaching themselves and no background in planning and organizing a, a practice or a, you know what to look for. So what I'd like to be able to do, and um, I've started that process yesterday, Uh, is to actually get in there and work with those coaches and help them develop their skills. Because a lot of it's relational, Mm. especially with, uh, you know, you look at the younger players. It's it's trying to get all the tentacles of an octopus inside a string bag (laughs) at one time uh, and keep them all in there. And knowing some little tricks of the trade, which I've learned through teaching, and putting them into practice coaching, Um, it will help those parents because Uh you want kids to go along and feel that they're getting something out of it, fun in particular, that they're actually going along and enjoying themselves. And if you've got a coach who doesn't know how to control a group and they're using screaming and yelling and Uh jumping up and down and spitting the chips as part of how they do it, the kids are going to suffer because of it. So yeah, a lot of transferable skills.
0: So um, who's helping you to... Keep everything who, who are you accountable to the the board at the um at sydenham rugby yeah okay so
1: i i yeah i've got two people i report to the president of the club and the club captain
0: okay so this i'm going to take the focus away from that for a minute and come back to you from a health and wellness point of view yep. so tell me what are you doing currently to keep fit and healthy
1: i um i ride a bike good um i had a uh, hip replacement um two years ago now coming up two years and um, the, uh, I can't run like I used to. Uh, in fact, I can't run at all. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've really taken to focusing on getting back on my bike again. A, a wise man once told me that, Have you ever tried riding a bike? And I said, I used to have a um, Rally 20 when I was um, about 10. And he said, You should get find yourself a road bike. Um, and so, from that, um, uh, I got onto triathlon had a crack at a few bike races, got into triathlon, had a bit of a play around with that, loved it, um, loved the swimming aspect, um, it's really good for me on the bike because I, uh, I can get out and I re- reflect when I'm not breathing heavily, um, yeah, can get out and reflect and have a think about what's going on in the wilderness, nice. it's good.
0: Just going, I, I, t- I talked to um, a person last week about allergies, you also, you suffer from allergies, don't you?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm allergic to hard work, <laughs> and um, no, I'm allergic to uh, eggs.
0: And that's um, quite a dangerous situation for you to be in, deadly. Uh,
1: it, it used to be, um, a, a lot worse, like I couldn't be in the same room as i being cooked. But nowadays, um, yeah, I can put up with that. I can actually sample a bit of egg and, and get away with it. I'll probably have the shits for a week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hopefully you can get away with that on national TV. But, yeah, but um, yeah, it upsets my guts all a wee bit. Um, and it, interesting enough, since the kids were di- diagnosed with being uh, having celiac disease, I've, I've avoided gluten uh, quite a lot. And I notice now that uh, when I get gluten up, uh, if I have a sneaker, you know, a bit of bread or have a burger or something, it can affect my, uh, first of all, my stomach or my mood. Um, and can affect my um, sleeping. So uh, I try and, yeah, try and keep away from that as well.
0: Okay, last question. You, you've you taken a long time to get to where you are now to do this coaching gig, which you're obviously natural at, and you like to do it, and yeah. you're, a, you're a good, you're a forward-thinking kind of a guy. What would you suggest to someone else who's perhaps sitting on the edge thinking, should I or shouldn't I? What would you say to them?
1: Um, it's funny, yeah, Dave, I still have those days where I'm sitting there on the edge thinking, shit, you know, what? But... Um, I watched a friend of mine a few years back take a big risk uh, and walk out of the country and and settle down in another part of the world. And I thought, well, if an old codger like that could do it, I could give it a nudge myself. And um, I've watched a number of people over the years um, change professions and head in different directions uh, to the the benefit of their health and their mindset. And, you know, one of the reasons I haven't jumped uh, until now is... um, it's been the fear factor. I haven't actually believed in myself enough to do it. And also you think about the, um, the impact it's gonna have on your family. Mm. And um, that's my shirt. Um, and just how it, how it does impact, you know, mortgages and life insurance and lots of the carry on. So we're gonna to have to redo the budget, but I had a really good chat with um, Simone and we talked about Uh, health impacts and mental health in particular because i've struggled you know over the years with a few you know a few dark periods and um and that's to do with to do with the work i've been doing um education has changed so much over the years since i've been involved like i said i've been involved 30 years and once upon a time you could um suggest something to a family that they need to do with their child or even discipline the kid at school and you know verbally you can hit them um and once by a time the parents would back you up and they'd say things along the lines of yep that's yeah thank you very much and they support you over the last 30 years things have changed now thanks to the internet where parents actually have uh more knowledge than the people who are in the game and some of them are more knowledgeable than some of the teachers i've worked with but um, they believe that their way is right and they will challenge you on everything. Now, interestingly enough, we're bringing our kids up to challenge Hmm. and to question, Um, but it's got to the point now where um, even someone as experienced as me, who is flexible and changes with the times, is constantly being challenged by people who have absolutely no idea at all. Hmm. Um, And the, the term used to be helicopter parent, where the parent would hover above the child. Now it's lawnmower parent uh, or bulldozer parent where the parent actually gets in front of the kid and creates that pathway. And to be honest, I'm, I'm really over it. Yeah. That's that's helped me shift. Um, you know, We had an incident at the end of last year or a number of them, but one in particular that really struck me is where uh, the school had made a decision around a child who'd won an award. Uh, it was a sports award and we'd made that decision because we followed the criteria that would set in place and a and, um, parent of a child didn't agree with it and in the finish moved the child out of school but on the way to that path created mayhem and stress and absolute, you know, went to the top, went to Coraline Child who's at the root of education in, in Canterbury and because the, their child didn't win an award at school. Um, so things have changed, and you can see why now teachers don't like giving out awards, mm. um, and they don't like, uh, you know, what's what's the what's the time uh, incentivizing programs and making you know rewards at the end of it because if a kid misses out, mm. and then they walk into the real world and expect everything just to happen for them. Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm gonna hold you there because that tells me that. You've, you've not only influenced so many kids in the time you've been teaching in principle, but you're taking the same philosophy into coaching and to coaches and for players as well. So we're, we're not losing your skill base whatsoever. In fact, we're just taking it to another area.
1: Yeah, a different area. Uh-huh. Um, an area that's supposedly volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, and uh, an area where, I mean, I've always been passionate about rugby um, from an early age, uh, from about four. Um, I think I played my first game and been a part of it and then got involved with coaching and just can see the difference it can make. Uh, rugby's a really interesting setup um, because it's all body shapes. So, you know, your, your giraffe to your hippopotamus <laughs> to your cheetah to, you know, it's, for all, it's designed for all body shapes. Um, and that's why I still, you know, I, and, and it's all for all um, personalities. Mm. Um, and in New Zealand, uh, it's for all um, uh, socio-economic structure as well. So the, the plumber can work with the lawyer. Um, the, ditch, the, the, the funeral director or the ditch digger or whatever can work with the doctor or the surgeon. Um, and that's, the, that's how I see rugby. So I'm going to be working in a community which uh, has a varying degree of socio-economic structure. Um, from what I remember about Sydenham and about playing against them when I did when I, when I was playing, um, very community and family orientated. Um, I've had some great players through the club over the years, uh, but still you know very, very passionate junior mm. program. And of course, like most Christchurch clubs, they lose their kids from 13 mm. through to 18 when they go off to the, the, the different high schools. And that's one of the things I want to be able to do is keep in touch with those 13- to 18-year-olds, whatever high school they go to in, in Canterbury, which is a big thing, um, and maintain those that relationship stuff.
0: Great. So I'm just going to finish with the... Um I haven't touched on your any nicknames like Budgie, but that'll be for another story for another time. Oh, of course it is. And so I'm going to say thanks very much for sharing your story today, and it's, I really, really much appreciate what you're doing. And I think for rugby players and coaches in Christchurch now, it's a, I think it's a, a new beginning. It's good. It's pretty mm-hmm. exciting stuff.
1: Oh, thank you, Dave, for the time, and thanks for coming back into our country and, and enjoying the, the tropical climate that we have here oh, in New Zealand. I love it, mate.
0: Okay, well, hey, thanks very much, Greg. And I'm just going to finish there. And, and next time, next time, we're going to be talking to um, an epic dude, John Newsom, and his. The title of this one: "There Is No Easy Way." So, thanks for listening. Aloha.